This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 74. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Clarksville, Tennessee to talk to Pastor Larry Peters. He has served as a pastor for 41 years, and he is the senior pastor at Grace Lutheran Church, and he writes on his blog, Pastoral Meanderings. Pastor Peters, welcome to the show. It is great to be here um, to welcome you into my uh, life a bit, even as we cross paths. Absolutely. Help orient us geographically. We're in Clarksville, Tennessee. Where is that? Well, Clarksville, Tennessee is uh, north and a little west of Nashville, Tennessee, which is sort of in uh, the central uh, part of uh, Tennessee. We are right literally on the border with uh, Kentucky. Uh, Many people would know Clarksville better by the military installation that is uh, contingent to the city of Clarksville, and that's Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, it has a Kentucky address because of the location of the post office uh, on on post, but uh, but the majority of the land lies in Tennessee. I see. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you come to Clarksville? I uh, originally am from uh, Nebraska. Um, I went to school in uh, Winfield, Kansas, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I served a year of vicarage uh, on Long Island and uh, went back to seminary for the final year. And my first call was uh, halfway between Albany, New York and New York City. And I was there for 13 years and had uh, had some calls along the way. Uh, never intended to go to Tennessee ever in my life. Uh, but um, out of the blue, this call came from Grace Lutheran Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, I was inclined to decline the call and went to visit and uh, saw some things here. And it seemed uh, it seemed like this is the place where God was calling me. That was in 1992. I see. So you've served there for almost 30 years now at this point? Almost 30 years, yeah. Wow. So tell us a little bit more about Clarksville. What what are some of the best things about the area? Well, what is interesting about Clarksville is when we moved here, the population was about 70,000 people. Uh, the population today is about 210,000 people. So uh, Clarksville, one of the most interesting things about it is it's a rapidly growing community. Um, it is uh, it is a an industrial community. There are significant employers here in Clarksville. Um, but it is also a bedroom community because we are roughly 35 to 45 minutes from Nashville, depending on where you're going. So uh, more and more, there are people who are finding uh, less expensive real estate and uh, a different character to life uh, by living in Clarksville while working in Nashville. The other thing that is unique to Clarksville is uh, the military component. On Fort Campbell, you have um, something like 25,000 active duty service men and women outside of those deployed. And uh, so these 
soldiers and their uh, uh, dependents make up a significant part of, of Clarksville, Tennessee, the character of this community as well as what uh, the community looks like. I see. Let's talk about the flip side. What about some of the, the challenges of being there? Well, the challenges are, in many respects, the same as the as the, the unique characteristics. One of the challenges is turnover. Mm-hmm. In our congregation, uh, roughly one out of every five people in the pews will leave every year. So we have... Um, we have a rapidly changing face to the congregation. Now, some of that has has uh, changed a bit uh, over the last year or so with COVID, but uh, uh, it's it's on par to be fairly uh, similar to what uh, has been in the past. I see. So we've kind of talked about the the unique characteristics of the area and the challenges of that turnover. What are some of the other things that attract people to, to Clarksville? Or what are some of the other things that people enjoy about being in the area? Well, Clarksville is, um, because of the mobile nature of the uh, uh, of the population, a lot of people look for things that are familiar. So when you get to Clarksville, you see a lot of chains, uh, retail chains, uh, restaurant chains, and so on. Um, the more unique character of the community has uh, has has been challenged by by the uh, um, people moving in and out from literally all over the country, and they want to see familiar names. They want to uh, find familiar brands, um, and and that is uh, that is uh, maybe a, a not so much a benefit to some, but uh, literally you can find every fast food, every uh, every retail chain, every. Uh, uh, every restaurant chain, you name it, uh, it's here in Clarksville. So if you've lived anywhere in the United States in a more uh, suburban or urban setting, uh, you'll feel really at home in Clarksville, Tennessee, because you'll see uh, all the things around you that are familiar. There are some uh, some special things that are unique to the area. One of those things is uh, distilleries. Um, there is a, a sort of a bourbon trail tour and Clarksville is as part of that, going from uh, uh, through Minnesota, uh, through Tennessee into Kentucky. Um, so we have uh, some small uh, distilleries that produce uh, some very fine, uh, very fine spirits. Um, we have an abundance, uh, literally, I think, in our community, six, um, um, six or seven uh, breweries, uh, craft breweries in the community. So, uh, so that's probably uh, another another thing that is somewhat uh, somewhat unique to the area. The last thing is because of the diverse character of the people who are in Clarksville, you find uh, uh, that even though we are in the South, even though we are part of the state of Tennessee, there is a, a diversity of cultures and people and tastes presence in in this community that uh, that you won't find in other places. That makes sense. I never really thought about that before, but it makes sense that because you have such a transient population, there's the opportunity for businesses that are chains to kind of provide that comfort and consistency that you might not get if you're looking at a bunch of uh, things that are just local to the area. I'd never thought about that before. That's really interesting. 
Let's go on and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. Well, the the interesting thing is that if you look historically, my congregation has been here for about 60 years or so. Um, it was uh, started in 1959, which was a boom year for, uh, for Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Um, we were literally planting uh, a congregation and filling it with 300 people um, every 54 hours. Uh, for a part of 1958-59, it was this was the the boom time for planning, for planning Lutheran congregations in the United States, and so Grace reflects that that history. Uh, prior to that time, uh, there was no Lutheran presence between Paducah, Kentucky, and uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And after you left Nashville, you'd have to go to Chattanooga or or Knoxville to find another Lutheran presence. So most Lutheran parishes here have a fairly recent history compared to uh, Tennessee, which, uh, you know, has a, a deep history, uh, both uh, in terms of the United States and even the Civil War. That said, what it means is that, uh, is that uh, a typical Lutheran church in, uh, in our area will find a lot of people in the pews who are not native to the area. That doesn't mean that the natives aren't here, but just because of the transient character of the population, um, a lot of our people move in. Uh, the second thing is, is that uh, a lot of our people are new to Lutheranism. I'd say probably a third of our congregation was not Lutheran before uh, joining Grace Lutheran Church. So uh, there is a, a sort of a freshness that happens here as, uh, as people... Um, as people who were not Lutheran uh, embrace and and find uh, exciting things that may be old and familiar and maybe even somewhat routine to, to Lutherans who've been Lutheran for a long time. I see. So what is the, the population like around you? Is it mostly American evangelical? Is it sort of kind of secular, progressive? What would you characterize the area and is is if you went up to the average person on the street and said oh i'm a lutheran pastor would they knew know what that was um most most folks in uh, clarksville probably wouldn't be able to tell you what a lutheran is uh, some of them um, would look at lutherans as somewhat suspicious um primarily because uh they have been sort of taught that uh, that uh, church is named after some after a man, for example, are uh, are um, are somewhat cultish. Uh, the other part is just is just basic ignorance. Um, in the old part of this community is Old South, so that means Southern Baptist Church, Church of Christ, um, and uh, and uh, maybe even a few Pentecostals thrown in uh, along the way. The new part of Clarksville is much more uh, non-denominational. Um, the new churches that spring up in Clarksville don't have any denominational name to them. They are um, they are uh, uh, generic evangelical churches, even though some of them may be mission plants from Southern Baptist and Church of Christ communities trying to uh, trying to make an impact in that area. So Lutherans stand out in this community. Li quite literally on Sunday morning, 
Um, this congregation is one of the few places in probably 60 miles uh, you would find sun liturgy and uh, word and sacrament and law gospel preaching. Uh, it just doesn't happen other places. I see. So w one of the things that we recently talked to um, Pastor Phillips at Concordia, and one of the things he mentioned is that um, that people find that there's some maybe strain isn't the right word, but there's some suspicion among the community. And you mentioned that as well of like, well, it's a Lutheran church. It's named after a person. How do you and your parishioners go about navigating that? Well, one of the things that, you know, I put it up as a joke, but one of the things I love to do is to remind people that Lutherans are the original Protestants, at least in the classical sense of that term. I wouldn't characterize Lutherans as Protestants in the way people generally use that term today. But in the classical sense of that term, you know, we were there long before anyone else. And sometimes it's it's good to remind, remind people of that. Um, I think uh, when people come to our church who have never been to a Lutheran church on Sunday morning, first thing they say is, you're not Lutheran, you're Catholic. And of course, what they're recognizing is they're recognizing the liturgy. They're recognizing uh, vestments. They're, they see all the things that they identify in their mind as being Catholic. But then when they hear the uh, the sermon and when they experience the Bible studies that uh, that happen on Sunday morning, uh, then they understand that, well, uh, you're a different kind of Catholic than I usually uh, presume. Uh, so uh, in some respects, it, it gives us the opportunity to define ourselves in a way that in some places uh, you don't always have the chance. That makes sense. Let's go on and talk about what it's like to raise a family there. Clarksville is, is um, as I said, about 210,000 uh, people. Um, there are about 35,000 kids in our school system. So if you do the math there, you can see that this is a fairly young community. And that stands out as being somewhat different than uh, the typical, typical small city in America. It shows up in our congregation. We routinely have uh, some of the highest numbers of infant baptisms of any of the churches in our district per year. And that uh, also shows up in the pews in the fact that we have uh, a lot of young families in our congregation. Now, some of that is reflective of the nature of the industry that is, uh, that is uh, part of uh, Clarksville's uh, economic makeup. It's also reflective of the fact that most of the soldiers at Fort Campbell are uh, on the young end of things, both men and women. So uh, um, uh, this is a family strong area. Um, there are uh, multiple sports complexes in our community for soccer, for, uh, for softball, for baseball. Little League uh, is in abundance. We uh, sponsor um, uh, two scouting troops in our congregation, both uh, for boys and girls affiliated with American Heritage Girls and the Trail Life Boys. Um, there are uh, traveling uh, sports groups. There are, um, 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 there's literally a new school being built in Clarksville almost every year. Uh, so it, it's a, it is a community that is fully aware of the fact that uh, children are 
are not just uh, seen and, but not heard. They are, they are a vocal part of this population. And that's one of the reasons why, for example, the brand names of the businesses as well as the abundance of fast food is appealing to the, to the family uh, nature of this community. That makes sense. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, if you like podcasts, you will enjoy Audible. It's a service that gives you an audiobook to listen to each month of your choice from a large library. And they want to get you started with a free trial offer that includes an audiobook that you get to keep. So go to lutherancartographer.com audible to get your free audiobook and start your free trial today. If you're not sure what book to check out, I'd recommend taking a look at Pastor Brian Wolfmuller's Has American Christianity Failed? Pastor Wolfmuller was a guest on episode 9, and his book on American Christianity goes through the various pitfalls that you see in big box churches as well as American evangelicalism in general. Well worth checking out. Start your free trial today at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. What are some of the educational options of the area? Are there Lutheran schools? Uh, Is homeschooling known and encouraged? Homeschooling is more and more a uh, significant uh, part of the educational makeup of this community, in part because uh, there are people who are quite concerned about what uh, is the direction of public schools. And uh, in almost every state, uh, plus at the federal level, uh, progressives are more uh, at the helm of what happens in, in public education than, uh, than anyone else. So I think that's a component. Uh, also, it is, um, it is reflective of the fact that uh, people here uh, have moved here to uh, exercise a, a higher degree of control over their daily lives. And so that means those people are, are interested in, uh, in uh, homeschooling their children. Um, I think the, uh, the makeup of the community is, uh, would be difficult to support a, a Lutheran school. There is a small Roman Catholic school, even though size-wise, the Roman Catholic, there were only one Roman Catholic church in the entire city of Clarksville, um, it is the largest congregation in the community, but it is sort of under the radar. They don't have a huge complex of buildings. The school is located in a former uh, Church of Christ building, but it's a small school, and they have trouble supporting that school, even though they have close to 4,000 families who are part of that congregation. There are some independent uh, schools uh, and also some schools that are loosely affiliated to uh, Church of Christ and Baptist churches that uh, have a a more individualized curriculum and look less like a public school setting. Uh, And there is one fairly large uh, uh, private school in Clarksville that is known for its academic preparation. I see. One of the things that you mentioned there when you were talking about educational options that I want to dive into a little bit more is you mentioned that a lot of people who have moved to Clarksville moved there intentionally to exercise a higher degree of control over their lives. What exactly did you mean by that? 
Well, Tennessee has a sort of reputation for being a, uh, a state that encourages personal liberty. Um, during the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, when it was at its height, um, there were very few state mandates. Uh, most of them were local. And uh, because they were local, then local communities adapted those mandates to the changing circumstances in the community. Um, so that means, for example, in my parish, we never shut down. Um, we, uh, we continued to have services all the way through. On Easter Sunday, we had uh, dozens of services. Simultaneously, uh, me in one place and my associate in the other, we have a chapel and a main sanctuary. And we had uh, 10 people uh, running, you know, back to back from seven in the morning until like 3.30 in the afternoon. And even though, for example, we had uh, police uh, situated in the parking lot, they were not of a mind that they wanted to get involved. They were just making sure that, uh, that this was not something that was uh, getting out of hand. Um, and in, in Tennessee, the, uh, the, the component of personal liberty and freedom uh, sort of pervades our, our cultural identity, even in a city like Clarksville. The second thing is, is that, um, is that uh, Clarksville is a very spread out community. It is literally about 40 miles from one end of Clarksville to the other. It is spread out loosely uh, from the southeast uh, to the northwest along the uh, Interstate uh, 24 corridor. But it is, uh, you can drive through Clarksville and see uh, rural uh, agricultural land, um, treed um, um, uh, spaces where there are no houses. Um, people like the opportunity here to be able to, to purchase a home that fits uh, what they're looking for. Um, and in many cases, what that means is they have an opportunity to live uh, on a larger uh, piece of property and have uh, some distance from, from folks around them. The, uh, the other part of this is that, um, is that the pace of life um, tends to be one that you dictate. Um, this is not a bustling city. We don't have skyscrapers. I think the tallest building in Clarksville is seven stories. So it's not what you would expect in another community um, like Fort Wayne, Indiana, or in where I have uh, uh, have spent a, a great deal of time where my wife is from, or even in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is roughly the same population as Clarksville. Um, uh, our industry, our shopping, um, our schools, our, our community is very spread out. And that lends itself to people having uh, a bit more um, ownership and control over exactly what their life looks like. That makes sense. So it sounds like, if I heard you correctly, that there's kind of a more liberty mindset among people and that that kind of snowballs and attracts more of those those kind of people then? I think that's true. I think people um, are coming here. Um, for example, the people who will work in Nashville are looking for a place where their family life uh, is not governed by some of the things that typical cities uh, have. Whether you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, commutes and and um, and uh, uh, congestion and and so on, uh, it's it, it appeals to people who are looking for um, uh, the opportunity to live life uh, uh, 
uh, a bit more freely. So, for example, in the pandemic, um, um, there were a lot of anti-maskers, you know, in Clarksville, Tennessee, um, who either reluctantly wore the mask or in some cases uh, refused to and uh, changed their lives because they didn't want to surrender that personal liberty. I see. Let's go on and talk about what you'd recommend doing or seeing in Clarksville. We've already talked about how there's this this thing of chains, and you mentioned that there are distilleries that are kind of unique to the area. What are some of the unique things about Clarksville, specific places to, to eat or things to do that you'd recommend to a friend that's coming into, into town? Clarksville has um, a, a very nice uh, civic museum in a historic building called Custom House. Uh, on Fort Campbell is a wonderful museum of military history. Um, you go uh, just a little west of Clarksville, as well as there's a small one in Clarksville, Civil War um, uh, battle, battlefields, uh, and uh, part of that whole history is accessible. Uh, an abundance of walking trails are available in, in Clarksville. We're at the junction of a couple of rivers, the Cumberland River and the Red River, so there's uh, fishing and boating. Uh, you'll also see uh, some barges on those rivers because that's one of the significant uh, places where uh, commerce takes place. Um, you also will find uh, uh, accessibility to a lot of different historical spots from Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, you go just a, just a little outside the city limits and you'll see the birthplace of, uh, of uh, the president of the Confederacy. Um, or you uh, you can go uh, a little south of us into Nashville, and you'll see all the the richness there of country music and uh, and its Music City heritage. Um, there are small uh, um, family uh, locations, uh, parks, uh, all all kinds of things to do. Not so much the big ticket items as much as they are uh, the little things, the hidden gems. That, uh, that that you can find. All right, good deal. Pastor Peters, as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like, your church's website, places to follow you online, your blog. Where would you like to point our listeners? Well, you can find out uh, what you want about Grace Lutheran Church by going to our website, glctn.org. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. Uh, we're also Facebook, and we also have a parlor presence. And uh, um, I have a, a modest blog, uh, Pastoral Meanderings, uh, on Blogspot. Uh, you just type in Pastoral Meanderings, and you'll uh, you'll find your way there. That includes uh, the uh, the uh, sermons from Sunday in print, as well as commentary. And uh, you can follow us on Vimeo, uh, Grace Lutheran Church, Clarksville, Tennessee, on Vimeo. And uh, we have our services um, um, uh, videoed so that you can uh, see what uh, worship is like. Um, last thing I would suggest is, um, is if you have any interest, uh, send me an email. Uh, my email address is srpastor, senior pastor, short for senior, senior pastor at glctn.org and we'd be happy to answer your questions or give you any information that uh, 
you uh, were looking for. Wonderful. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners today? I would say that um, um, one of the most important things we've learned over the course of the last year is how important um, our personal ties are, not only for uh, social and fellowship purposes, but especially within the context of the church. And um, here at Grace, uh, this is a high-touch community in, in, in the context of what happens on Sunday morning, our, our, our life together around God's Word and table. Um, it is also uh, a community that is deeply connected, even though our people may drive 45 minutes to an hour, depending on where they're from, in order to get here on Sunday morning. So um, it's been a real privilege to be here, me uh, uh, as pastor for um, for uh, nearly 30 years. My associate, uh, Pastor Dan Ulrich, has been here about six years. So um, we um, we uh, have a, a delightful opportunity to serve the, the people of God here and to enjoy the uh, life of uh, uh, northern middle Tennessee and, and all that it offers. Wonderful. Thank you very much. God's peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page. You'll find that at lutherancartographer.com slash 74. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. And until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.